You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,231, and it's interview number 1,545. We've been on the air here in Orange County since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast in the county. We have a great show planned for you today, ladies and gentlemen, a part of our Fast Growth Summer Series, which is leaning into the fall. We had a conversation about that in the studio, didn't we, before we started? <laughs> but anyway, let me read you the open. Big Data Supply Incorporated is focused on the ITED industry, which stands for IT Asset Disposition, specializing in recycling IT items through reuse, such as data tape media, hard drives, data storage, hardware, networking devices, and telecom systems. They also offer data destruction services and third-party maintenance and data storage, as well as network hardware. Their vision is to reduce 99.9% of the world's IT materials by recycling, reuse, and energy-generating disposal. Brian Musel, who is the president and CEO, is joining our show to discuss his firm, as I mentioned in the open, as a part of our crazy summer series on fast-growth Orange County companies. And it is a summer day out there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brian, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you here. I'm excited. Let's start talking about the firm. Can you tell us what makes big data supply unique in your space in the minds of your clients and your prospects? Well, it's kind of funny. I was just, just the other day, I was looking through our customer service surveys and uh, came across one and uh, it was one of our IT resellers and they, well, she said it was an, uh, a total wow factor. Mm. And uh, so it intrigued me and I wanted to look at, you know, what did they buy? And it turns out it was just some LTO tapes, you know. Okay. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, a total wow factor with that. But um, well, that's good. If something as as uh, regular as tapes like that are purchased, then the consumer is impressed right. by it. Yeah, and I think it comes down to the experience, really, down to you know the instant pricing, price guidance that we give mm -hmm. MSPs and you know consultants, <clears throat> uh, same day shipping, um, you know, instant tracking invoices, stuff like that, and uh, our proprietary processes of erasure and just the way we package things, aesthetics mm -hmm. and fulfillment, um, just across the board. Um, that's what I feel kind of helps to differentiate you know, us, for sure. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's why I wanted you on the show, because uh, you've had impressive growth over the past few years. At all. I'm always curious here on Critical Mass Radio Show Podcast to talk to entrepreneurs who have been able to figure out how to not just uh, build a fast-growing company for a year, but to continue to reap the benefits of a business model that is delivering better-than-average growth. And you're certainly doing that with your company, Big Data Supply. Where are you most successful? Like, What are your niches, Brian, that you go into with the business? Well, it's definitely still uh, our data tape media, okay. uh, magnetic media, like <clears throat> LTO, 3592 type of enterprise media, mostly used for archiving. But we, uh, what we do is we go out to companies really of all sizes, uh -huh. you know, medium to large enterprises. Um, we purchase their used 
uh, tape media and IT hardware for sure. But and then we bring it in house. We do all the data erasure. We test it, of course, um, and then repackage and resell through our network of um, resell channel partners. And they're all like MSPs and IT resellers, um, and we sell into buy and sell close to 100 countries. Right wow. now, yeah. So you really have a channel strategy. You're you're, you're working through a reseller <clears throat> channel to get the products back on into the market. You say tapes, and in my mind, I'm sort of thinking like everything has gone to some type of uh, uh, digital storage and you know and, uh, drives, etc. But uh, you say for long-term storage, tapes are still the preferred. Platform? Right. Yeah, you'll see um, a lot of companies are using you know tiered strategy. Okay. Um, you know, we'll go from the servers to uh, and then archive to tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, there's definitely, and as far as uh, yeah, archiving long term, it just doesn't make sense to leave it, you know, on a spinning disc or anything. I right. mean, it takes energy. So definitely, uh, magnetic media is the preferred mm-hmm. way of archiving. So you're in the business of not only hardware but also the the media as well. Absolutely, buying it, cleaning it up, refreshing it, repackaging it, and remarketing it. Uh, yeah, so tape media, uh, even hard drives, even uh, hard drives, mm-hmm. SATA, SAS. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're doing all of that. Okay, and and, and so it kind of comes out of one company, gets through your system. Gets back into another company through a reseller channel. Right. That's kind of the business. It's a secondary market. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, there, so there's a secondary market for. So my assumption. Tell me this is if this is even right. That the big companies, maybe a utility, Southern California Edison, whatever, they have these facilities with this equipment, and for whatever reason, they're upgrading it, and rather than trashing it, they're selling it, and you're finding people in either in the U.S. or you said a hundred other countries that say, hey, that's a viable. May not be good for Southern California Edison, but it works just fine for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, Latin America is a big user of old tapes. The U.S. military or all the material military. Um, I mean, they don't upgrade as fast as we are uh, as a regular company that does. So, um, believe it or not, we're still selling some of the old reel-to-reel stuff. Right, and, and I think that's an amazing business model to be in because a lot, of, especially in technology, because a lot of times. Entrepreneurs want to go to the front end, the leading edge of the technology, where all the energy is, and maybe <laughs> right. the media is, but maybe the margin's not there. Right, right. Maybe the margin's a little further down in the life cycle. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, will have to agree with you. Well, <laughs> and, and but we're here to talk about top line revenue growth, not not profit margin. We're not doing that, but right. it's good to know you can make money at it as well, right? Yes, we're we're definitely uh, it's a viable business for sure. Yes. That's a great combination, right, ladies and gentlemen? You're growing the top line and you have a healthy bottom line. That's why I want to do this fast-growing Orange County-based companies because we can learn lessons. Speaking of lessons, Brian, I wonder if you might be generous enough to share a suggestion or a piece of advice with the other entrepreneurs who are leading high-growth companies. and What can they learn from your experience leading big data supply? As far as a lesson, um, I mean, maybe it's more for the startups, but I think... uh, be humble, you know, continue to learn, utilize resources like coaches, sales coaches, EOS um, programs, right. things like that. <clears throat> and definitely uh, take care of your mental health. <laughs> you know, it's tough, tough out there. Um, so exercise, meditation, whatever it takes, right. definitely do that. Um, <clears throat> for myself, you know, you know the saying, like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Sure. Well, I take my day like that. I take a few key tasks that I have to complete and it's amazing over time what what you actually accomplish the there. progress you can yeah make. exactly speaking of 
that, I'd like to kind of come back. You mentioned an acronym that I we talked about when we met before that I wanted to feature here on the program, which is EOS. You, in your office, I've been to his office, ladies and gentlemen. He has a very nice library, business books, and other things. And, and we started talking about traction and your early adoption in the company of putting EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, into the business. Can you share a little bit about your experience with EOS? Um, <clears throat> well, to me, it was really... Uh it made everything click. We we live in a 90-day world. I mean, that's kind of made everything where there's so much to do when you could really take all, you know, make an issues list of your biggest things that you need to tackle that maybe, <clears throat> you know, you pick, say, if your management team's three people, each of, each of you get two to three rocks and right. some measurables to, you know, complete those bigger issues. But, um, yeah, so we, every quarter we'll go out off-site and uh, we'll go through this hash it out in a whole day and decide you know these are the things we're going to tackle for this next upcoming quarter mm -hmm. and we get those measurables and then we come back to the office and every week we meet and see if we're on track and you know we've got to get that done so it's really you look at it over a quarter or over several months and it's amazing what you get done right through focus right? yeah yeah and um, one of the principles in gina wickman's book traction so if you haven't read traction ladies and gentlemen i would strongly encourage you to to buy the book and read it it's great reading there's a whole library of books around traction that are very interesting reading but he talks about the term you said which is this 90-day world in his belief it, it's that if you get much shorter than 90 days, you don't have enough time maybe to work on the strategic challenges. If you go much longer than 90 days, you start to lose focus yeah. on what you're supposed to do. And so he's kind of hit on this 90-day rhythm within the business mm -hmm. to be working on these Stephen Covey-based rocks, right? The term comes right. from Stephen Covey and his belief that – and there's a video on Stephen Covey with rocks. If you haven't seen that, ladies and gentlemen, that's something well worth seeing as well. <laughs> so there's a lot of great content that, yeah. that's underpinnings into this idea of an of an operating system. And yeah. It's great to hear that you can do it, and you did it early, which is benefiting you longer term as you scale, right? Right. And I was like I told you, we, we did it. We are self-implementers, so um, obviously we could probably do better with um, an implementer. But as uh, we go, I mean, it's—I mean, you read the book, you follow it, and I mean, it's—it's it's a great book. It's really good. At, there's always a shiny thing coming in front of you, so <laughs> Isn't that the truth? to keep you, yeah, it's just <laughs> right. put it on the board, right. and Hello. that's future. So we do that. That is such a great point, Brian, because I have seen entrepreneurs who have a very successful company, but whether they're maybe bored with the challenge of it or they get hit with some ideas of a latest book or something that a friend of theirs is implementing and they sort of take their eye off of just the basic blocking and tackling doing what you need to do right. to wow your customers right right which Absolutely. is which is really the key underpinnings to growing your business there's a lot of great ip out there ladies and gentlemen and i think traction's been around for a while and it's going to be around for a long time because the tools that gino has developed are really just common sense practices to run a good business yeah and empower your people and have them accountable right? right and it's it's pretty simple you know and i would suggest it to anybody to you know i mean it, it just makes you operate a little better well sure. if we were ready i would have had uh, a gong run because we just had a great <laughs> conversation and as our loyal listeners know whenever they hear the gong <clears throat> that is a moment that we had a thoughtful conversation that you might want to go back and oh there it is <laughs> So we gonged Brian Musel, who is the president and CEO of uh, Big Data Supply. So that was kind of a strategic decision that you made, which was to kind of build your business on a scalable system, and you chose EOS. I'm wondering if you look at the challenges that we all have them, even in a robust economy, we all have challenges. 
can you think of a challenge that you are facing or you faced and um, what are you doing about it and sort of share that experience? Well, <clears throat> you know, we, if you're trying to scale your company and you know how the market is right now as far as uh, hi being able to hire people and good people, is it's pretty tough right now. And the biggest thing is um, when you're in that kind of a situation like we are, not to veer from your core values and poor <coughs> uh. hire people outside of that because it never works out. You know, it's you know we've kept people around for too long and maybe they should never have been there anyway. But um, <coughs> so our mantra is hire slow and fire fast, mm -hmm. and uh, I bet that is you know a big big challenge right now. But you said something that is sort of the foundation of that, which is they don't fit your core values, which presupposes you know what your you have core values and <laughs> right. you, i mean i'm not trying to be a smart person i'm sure. a smart i'm just no, trying no. to say you know sometimes people haven't thought about that term and and they don't really kind of build their culture around what they as an individual believes and the values that others might share right right yeah i think that you you have to start there we didn't in the beginning but you know it goes back to eos it helps you um develop those you know and get your right because it does ask the in. questions what are your core values yeah right now what are my core values right and right then, and then you find a way and if you it sounds like you're doing it in the interview uh cycle with new candidates trying to figure out if they value the same things that you value exactly and then we do disc back testing so um you don't want to just you know maybe somebody is aligned with your values but then they don't fit with your team you have to look at it that way too yeah, and it is uh, it's it's a particular challenge I think for fast growing companies because you you know it's, I call it the entrepreneur's dilemma to get to the next level of revenue you got to put some expense into the business and sometimes the, the expense has to predate the revenue so you got to kind of stretch it a little bit right yeah and you want to make the right hire because if you don't have the right person yeah you got to go all the way back and start again huh right yeah and, and right now people are definitely overvaluing that valuing themselves so. You really got to watch out, you know, and you don't want to hire and overpay. And like you said, I mean, that's how a lot of companies can go out of business. You know, you're, you're hoping that something's going to work out. You put a lot of money into hiring and marketing, and you're you can't run on the hope. <laughs> you know, you're, right. Yeah. Got to get the results to pay right. for the increased expenses. All right. Well, we have a few more questions here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I think the conversation we just had sets us up really well for a question that I like to ask business owners when they're on the show and CEOs. It's our guiding principle question. You know, I mentioned that we have a book on the, the guiding principles from a number of our past guests, but I wonder if you could share your core philosophy that you use, that you're using as you build and scale your company. <clears throat> um, it does tie into kind of what we were just talking to, and not to sound too cheesy, but I, I feel like, you know, our my company is my home, and our employees are uh, our family, and uh, when you uh, we've selected our core values and when <clears throat> when we uh, bring in new people into our house um, you know we all have to kind of agree this is what's what's going on so really you know we use the disc back personality tests and we have to have a really good gut instinct um, you know when we hire some people but by doing that and including everybody it really you know makes for a good place to work and you know provides a great culture I think so are you saying when you interviewing when you're interviewing candidates you give the entire company an opportunity to talk in a to way this person? yeah okay yeah I mean obviously if they're going to be on their team for sure they're going oh, to yeah. meet and um, we'll talk you know internally before and discuss and 
talk about the person, maybe meet with them a few different times too, right. in different situations. Well, look at you. That's yeah. very sophisticated because that, that is a best practice as well, ladies and gentlemen, which is to see them in different environments, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. With different eyes on them. Right. Yeah. And then see what other people picked up that you might have missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you, when you're excited about something, you, you know somebody else has seen something else. That's right. for sure. Or when you have the pressure, I've got to get somebody in that job. Yeah, and as you said to, be, to answer the previous question, sometimes we begin to compromise. Right. But it's a long-term relationship, hopefully, with your employees. Right. Yeah, and when you gave me the a tour of your business, you have a lot of very what seem to be to be engaged employees yeah which i think definitely. is the competitive advantage for companies uh small companies to be against larger companies is to have people that actually like to come to work right enjoy being there yeah it rubs off on the customers oh yeah you know and it's not just like i told you we're not here for me we're here to if the company wins you know we all celebrate and have fun together i mean from at any level of the company, everybody's you know kind of involved in that. So seems like you enjoy this. Yeah, absolutely. Is it? I mean, is it? Is it more fun than you thought it would be? Is I mean, it is. I mean, it's also a lot more work than you thought it would ever be. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, there's peaks and valleys, but it's better. You know, there's more peaks than valleys, so that's right. good. Right, and hence your growth right. with big data supply. All right, so that's your guiding principle. If I have you back on, which I'd like to, Brian, at some point in the future, a couple years, a year down the road, what's going to be different? Where, what's your vision for where you're taking your company in the future, sir? Well, uh, obviously, uh, I think we're going to you know, capture some more growth in our current um, you know, segments, our core segments of data, tape, media, IT, recycling. We're also, we've been, this year, we've been doing a lot more business with the, the government, and I feel we'll be more established in that um, mm-hmm. pretty soon, next year or two. And then I do see a large opportunity in um, solar, the secondary solar market, panels and inverters and energy. I mean, this is a huge market that we see. And we've made some small steps um, in preparation for that. Um, so I think by then, you know, who knows, we'll, we'll probably have a good future in that as well. Okay, so I want to take that back a level just to help our audience understand, and for me as well. You're looking at the solar industry like you look at the IT industry in that there is installed equipment that could be cleaned up, retrofitted, and used by other people? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's, yeah, and there's no data to to wipe, so there's no security concerns. Um, So, I mean, with that, it's definitely a a parallel for what we're doing. It's not too far off. You know, it's a shiny object. Right. Um, Solar, we we all know it's huge. It's getting bigger and... um, I, somebody's got to be there to, to do what we do. So, like, early generations of solar systems could be taken off of the roof, put a new system, a more efficient system, and then there's a market for the stuff that comes off the roof. Absolutely. Is what you believe. Yes, there is. Wow. Definitely. It, it, is that is that perspective because you have a global perspective selling into 100 countries that you see that opportunity? Um, I mean, it's it, the channel that we're in, the broker exchanges that we um, have dealt with for so long they are doing that so i can't say this is completely my idea but um i see where they're going and I, it does resonate and uh i want to beat everybody to the to, to the punch on that right. um not only the used stuff i mean there's installers that didn't you know they overbought so they have extra solar okay. left over so right. we could be the source to buy that back um, wow you know things like that wow. but with all of this obviously you know we'll have to 
definitely add some more key people. Yes. Much larger facility here, and then you know, yeah, because the panels are pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So we're thinking we'll have to have a massive facility somewhere in the Midwest or something to wow. to house everything and manufacture everything. So. See what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Even when things are going well and you're growing, it's never easy. <laughs> you always have something else that you're thinking about. That's the unknown, known, mm-hmm. right? Things that you're working on. But and that's the exciting part. Right. That's what keeps it uh, kind of fresh and fun. I would think. Absolutely. All right. If someone would like to learn more about Big Data Surprise, uh, sorry, <laughs> Big, I was winding up too. It was going to be a great finish, ladies and gentlemen. Big Data Supply, how do they find you online? Um, well, you definitely with our website, bigdatasupplyinc.com. That's I N C. And uh, soon to come, solarrecycling.com. <laughs> Look at you. You got the website and everything. (laughs) Coming soon. Okay. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, on the Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Well, this has been fun. The time has flown by. I appreciate you coming in and sharing your story with our audience. Yeah. Thank you for having me in. It's been a lot of fun. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, also thank our engineer, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, and our three producers, without whom we could not do this show each and every week. Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer here in the studio, behind the camera, Nicole Terry. If you'd like to connect with me, I would suggest we do it on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.